You can do it, channels. <laughs> welcome one, welcome all. I am James with BarryFlow.com. Here with Chris, Editor-in-Chief of Crackberry, and our good pal Alex Bass of Cyberbytes, Inc. No What's logo up? designs. I've heard of that. How are you both doing tonight? I'm good. hungover. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> what? Just keeping it real. Yeah. I am absolutely 110% hungover, and my mind is not straight. <laughs> Well, we'll have an interesting episode then. <laughs> yeah. If you hear a heavy coat on Chris's palate, it's because of the alcohol. <laughs> so <laughs> be aware of that. We don't have too, too much to talk about tonight. I mean, some things that may be coming ahead to get excited about. I know people are just fiending for devices at this point, right? I want to hear device news. I want to hear this and that. But we have some interesting news that started out the week from Gartner. It was a very interesting piece of news that kind of fell right in the middle BlackBerry promoting this news when really this was news watchdogs had prior to getting acquired, right? They were listed in this magic quadrant. But BlackBerry taking the time, making some press out of it, and actually got picked up pretty readily all across their social uh, streams and whatnot. Blaze, could you elaborate on what category BlackBerry fell in on? In the uh, they basically, if you if you look at at the documentation, um, the uh, magic quadrant breaks things down into. Uh, category sections for um, for all of the things that are essentially on the list and BlackBerry pretty much came up as uh, listed as a visionary or not BlackBerry itself but watchdocs came up as a visionary within their uh, their cycle uh, for the program and you know that's the uh, the enterprise file synchronization and sharing program that they have um, the interesting thing about it is, if you guys remember, like a few weeks ago, BlackBerry was sort of doing a a, a BB fact check against some of Gartner's information, and they weren't they weren't exactly happy with Gartner's information. So it, it's kind of interesting to, to to basically see watchdogs come up on this list. Um, the other side of that is that if you actually, you know, I don't want to downplay the news or anything like that because. You know, it's still good news, and obviously BlackBerry and Watchdocs promoted them, promoted it themselves. But if you actually look at the uh, at the breakdown of the magic quadrant, it, you know, it, it it gives an example of how each uh, each quadrant, I guess, basically lays out like the the methodology between it. So you have the leaders, you have the visionaries, you have niche players. And challengers, and when you actually look at the at the the quadrant workings or like the the methodology behind it all, it comes up. So leaders are basically known to execute well against their vision and are well positioned for tomorrow. Uh, visionaries understand where the market is going or have a vision for changing market rules, but do not yet execute well. Uh, niche players focus successfully on a small market, on a small segment, or are unfocused and do not out-innovate or outperform others. And challengers execute well today and may dominate a large segment, but do not demonstrate an understanding of market direction. Um, so you know, you, you kind of have to take it take it for what it is. Watchdocs came up under that visionary. Uh, category, which once again is to understand where the market is going, uh, have a vision for changing market rules, but do not yet execute well. So there, it basically means, yeah, we're we're recognizing you, 
and you know you're 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 laying your path out and you understand everything at this point in time but there's there's still room for execution there so yeah it, it's great that blackberry got recognized but it it at, on the back end it's also you know it it shows that they still have some work to basically do in that area yeah you know i actually uh just earlier this week i i was like you know i'm i'm curious to what extent like Watch Docs is like what is it? What does it look like? What can it do? So I watched uh, about a half an hour long kind of video demonstration where they brought you through literally everything it could do, showed you the interface and everything, and it's kind of like Dropbox on steroids in terms of security. And they showed like opening up just a native Word document, and everything was blank. Like it, it wouldn't allow you to print it if you didn't give those permissions and, yeah. and you can like it, it was really cool just just to the extent you know destroy in two hours or only these people could share it within the company like it was really interesting to see to the extent it looks so refined it just everything you could do it was mind-blowing so yeah I mean interesting even I've I've experienced it like Blackberry themselves are already actively using watchdogs I mean if if I think back to a few weeks ago there was um, there was a uh, a BlackBerry Leap presentation that a number of people were invited to, and I remember trying to to screen cap the email that I got with the actual invite. And at that point in time, it came from Donnie Hallowell. Uh, obviously, he's moved on, but you know that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried to screen cap it, and I couldn't actually screen cap the email because, like, I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget about it, so I'd have it in my pictures and stuff like that. So I tried to screen cap it, and it literally allowed me to take the screen cap, but I couldn't share it. Like, when I put it onto my Dropbox and stuff like that, I couldn't actually view the file. It just showed up black. I was like, what the hell? And then it hit me. I was like, oh, this must be them using, like, watchdogs, right? Because yeah. some some people could see it, and some people like if I moved it to like an Android device, I could see it on there, but I couldn't see it on my own damn computer. I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, no, it's definitely pretty interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I it's the question is how you know how much have they been able to get people on board for it, or is it going to be part of a whole security suite? I mean, is it part of some kind of Buzz Twelve pack? Does it come with that, or is it something different? Yeah, they. That's one thing that I noticed is like they haven't actually. Yeah, they acquired the company. They they made the announcement and everything like that, but they never, they never actually told anybody how, you know, it's going to be implemented into the core. I guess you could say services of what BlackBerry offers at this point in time. Like, I'm not. We hear a lot about Watchdocs, but I'm not even sure. Like, say for example, if I had a Bez and I wanted to go ahead and utilize Watchdocs, like what's what's the direct path for me to be able to go ahead and do that? Do I just like sign up at Watchdocs or do yeah. I, you know? It, there hasn't really been any any sort of clarification in regards to how one goes about actually obtaining the services of Watchdocs within BlackBerry services themselves. So, yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, such a thing doesn't exist. It's just something that I'm not aware of. Like if I if I talk to my enterprise account manager or whatever the case may be, they may have an answer. But as it stands, if I was to go looking for that information, it it just 
generally doesn't seem to be available for me to be able to say, yes, this is how you go about obtaining this add-on service from BlackBerry, which is Watchdogs. Yeah, it seems like the site's up right now, and you could go and create an account and get a free trial and everything. It doesn't seem like... And eventually, you know, they're probably going to integrate it more. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, right now it seems like just, all right, we acquired you, continue you continue functioning the way you did before, but now, you know, your WatchDocs logo obviously has a little BlackBerry in it, and it says buy BlackBerry. But yeah. other than that, you know... Yeah. I'd, lo I'd love more from it, personally. Like, when, yeah. when BlackBerry bought New Bay... I was like, finally, we're going to get that BlackBerry cloud station <laughs> we've always wanted. And now we have, like, basically the secure Dropbox, and we're still probably not going to get a semblance of that, you know, on a consumer side of things. It does seem at this point like a lot of the enterprise security software suites are kind of stacked just away from, like, a consumer actually going out and getting them, right? Like, yeah. it, really, it really is for that enterprise tier who does have an enterprise maybe sales contact who can just make it happen for them. Yeah, and I, I think I think a lot of that gets lost on, on people because you know everybody wants to know exactly how BlackBerry is implementing these services and stuff like that, but it's not uh, you know it's just the information simply isn't out there at the consumer level. You kind of kind of have to be deeply involved with it already to be able to go ahead and, and obtain that information. It's kind of like you know work life for BlackBerry as well. I don't realistically I couldn't even tell you how to begin implementing work life for BlackBerry at this point in time at, you know, essentially a consumer level. If I was interested in it, I don't know how to go about obtaining it other than, you know, sending off some emails to some people that I know. How does how does a normal person go about obtaining that stuff? So. It's, it's funny because, like, even on BB10, you see little instances of that integration existing but not being available for you. Yeah. Uh, Chris, Chris put in our, uh, in our BBM group, different Chris, he put in our BBM group a little picture, and it's just the phone app. And over on the overflow menu, there's a little grayed-out option that says change phone line. So yeah. I thought that was just pretty interesting where it's there. You just, you just can't access it. And that's really how a lot of BlackBerry services are these days. Regardless, they're getting recognition. They're getting more press from the Watchdogs acquisition. So I think it's positive for them, right? At least they're moving forward with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to essentially downplay the information, especially with the with the Gartner stuff, because it is good that they're recognized. Somebody somebody brought it up uh, on the Crackberry forums, like, well, you know, nobody is pointing out that this isn't necessarily a good thing. I'm like, well, it's not necessarily a bad thing either, because before Gartner did nothing in terms of BlackBerry. You know, they they were pretty. Pretty, pretty against BlackBerry, so even to have any sort of BlackBerry product even put into a place of recognition, even if it's not necessarily the recognition that we all think that it may deserve, you know, it's still a good thing to actually be recognized by these organizations and getting that information out there. So, you know, overall, it's still, still a very good thing, and it shows that BlackBerry is, you know, doing a little bit more in terms of, of getting their message. And I think... I think at the end of the day, that that deep down message is reaching the people that it needs to reach, even if we're not necessarily those people. That you know, the the message is out there, and it's starting to starting to filter to the people who need to hear it. Like, hey, you know, BlackBerry's not so bad. They are doing a lot of things right. Yeah, people look at BlackBerry. I think, and they they look two years back, and that's where they stopped caring. 
you know. So that's yeah. their sna their snapshot understanding of what BlackBerry is. And in two years, they've really done a lot to take themselves from where they were and yeah. put them in a much better place to truly really go after security and the IoT and whatnot. So it's cool to see the the watchdogs news. Uh, Chris, if you wouldn't mind, I wanted to hear a little bit about the BlackBerry Blend usage in a poll that you guys did on CrackBerry. What was some of the feedback that you got? I find myself wanting to use Blend more, but ultimately just going to my phone. So I thought it was kind of interesting, the feedback that you guys got on the poll. Yeah, I mean, when we, James put up the poll and we started, realistically what we did, and you know, we started a poll a long time ago, uh, basically back when BlackBerry... Uh, 10.3 dropped with the BlackBerry Passport, and you know hindsight's 2020. Obviously, I probably shouldn't have put up that poll at that point in time, because you know it was it was a limited audience. But you know I was caught up in the enjoyment of it all because I had access to Blend at that point in time through my passport, and so um, so we put up that poll, and a lot of people were like, "Well, I can't even get Blend, so I'm not playing around with this poll." So we we basically reran the poll now that pretty much everybody has access to it. I mean, if you still don't have access to Blend, then you know, you're probably going to have to take some matters into your own hands and, and get updated. But, uh, you know, everybody, the, the majority of people, 38.19% of people are using Blend every now and then. Uh, what's interesting, though, is 32% of people are using it every single day. And, you know, I fall under that 32% as well yeah. uh, because I use it every single day. Like, I totally get that, you know, not everybody may use it in the exact same way that I do because, you know, I sit around my computer all day. Um, and, you know, I always have Blend open because it's, it's less resistance than actually picking up my device and reading my BBMs and stuff like that and answering my emails. Uh, you know, because you, you don't have to pick up your device to do any of that anymore. It's all there right in front of you. So I absolutely love Blend in that respect. But uh, what I found interesting was, like, the, the amount of people who actually use it in different ways going through that. And, you know, people people would be on flights, and as everybody knows, you can't use your, your device on your flight uh, unless you have, like, Wi-Fi and stuff like that, of course. But... Um, you know, people will, will essentially prepare emails and, you know, get a lot of work done on their flights. And then as soon as they land, you know, where they, they've accessed all of that information through Blend, their phone is just sending out all these emails as they're landing and, and reaching cell phone towers and stuff like that. So it allows you to be able to go ahead and get a, a ton of stuff done without actually, you know, having to use your device, which is, is great. I mean... Um, we've seen a lot of stuff with Windows 10, which is coming up, and I forget what what's the uh, what's the solution that Windows 10 has. Continuum. Yeah, that's it. I should know that because I read Daniel's huge review on Windows 10. But yeah. uh, you know, it, it seems as though that a lot of people are are putting that stuff to work, and I'm really happy that you know Blend would would basically be adopted by by the mass majority of people because. If anybody had had been following, like Blend was one of those things that was, you know, rumored for a long time, and I was digging into it and finding more and more information about it. Uh, my only thing right now is that previously, when Blend launched, I wasn't I wasn't so keen on on advertising it as much as it probably should have been, 
because of the fact that it wasn't... I didn't feel as though that it was essentially up to par as what it should be, but the new update that every, pretty much the masses have now is really good, and it runs nice and smooth for the most part. I mean, a few people are going to have some issues if you're, if you're like, running Windows Vista or something like that. <laughs> That's exactly but, what I was thinking. I was like, at this point, we all should be on Windows 10, so... Yeah, you, you know, you got to be... On Mac. you got to be at least off of, off of Windows Vista in order to be able to go ahead and utilize it. But I think it's a great tool for a lot of people, and I think a lot of people are, are expanding their usage and finding different ways to, to go ahead and, uh, you know, yeah. make, make use of it. You know, it's kind of interesting because since upgrading to Windows 10, I find myself using Blend a little bit differently because but, Windows 10, they have the, the native mail and calendar app, and they're actually good now. They were really bad before on Windows 8. Um, so essentially, I find myself, like, an email comes in. It's it's weird because now I get a notification from Blend and I get one natively from Windows. <laughs> and it's I really need to personally figure out what when I prefer and what I want to do with that. Yeah. But if you actually go to the Windows feedback, the number one most requested feature right now is there should be a unified inbox where you can view all of your mail at once. It is a hassle to keep switching between inboxes. That is that it has 3,915 upvotes. So literally the hub, you know, having, because right now the mail app, you have to mm -hmm. choose, I want to be in this email, and it'll swap you into that email. You have to click open, I want to be in this email account. Now swaps you rather than just having a unified inbox. So it's like that is, you know, blend in the hub right there, and that's the most requested feature on Windows. It's just kind of funny to see that. It's funny as well, Alex, because really, for me at least, blend is somewhat of like a contained desktop experience, right? Oh, it's yeah, almost yeah, sure. all your communications in one. So, you know, we're getting an awesome OS update with Windows 10, right, for Windows users. But Blend is still pretty significant for BlackBerry 10 to bring a lot of that experience over. So it's almost yeah. like I, I could launch Blend and literally just have that open and nothing else, and still yeah. get quite a lot of functionality out of it. It's cool. I wish there was. I wish there was assistant integration or like Cortana's built in here. I wish we had as well. Maybe like just like a browser, right? Even if it runs like a basic web kit that's very stripped back. Well, you I think do. It'd be cool to have it back and forth. You do have a browser if you're actually attached to the to a Bez. Right, but I want all of those things like for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you want it, want it for everyone. But basically, if you're attached to a Bez and you have a, a, a balance account set up and stuff like that, there there actually is a built-in web browser that I believe is uh, built off of Chrome itself. At least last time I checked, anyways, it was it was running off a of Chrome basis. Uh, so you know you have access to your intranet and all that stuff through that browser. But, yeah, I get your point. You know, you want to sort of want to have that for everybody. Does it sync across? Like, that's kind of what I like about Continuum, right? Like, it brings literally almost everything across through your live account. So a Blend almost still seems like this version of modular computing that's almost there, but it doesn't have all the services yeah. it needs to fully be there and be fully realized. Yeah, like, I mean, that's File Manager, Dropbox, like, all that is good, but it needs a few more things, I think. Yeah, you know, like I said, that was one of the reasons why I probably didn't promote Blend as heavily as what I probably should have before, because it didn't it didn't feel feature rich, it didn't feel 100% complete. It felt like something that was put together, and they didn't necessarily know what else they were going to do with it. But the new version brings a lot more, a lot more stability and clarity into what the app the app is actually going to do. Um, at this point, I think it's just one of those things where you know, okay, 
this is cool, this is great, this works well for what I'm using it for, what's the next step in the evolution yeah. here? Because, you know, as good as this new build is, there's still plenty of things that are, are not really functional within it. I mean, you know, you can't, as silly as it sounds, and some people are going to be like, what the hell, you don't need that, but as silly as it sounds, it still can't even show you stickers, you know? Why yeah, am I buying, why am I buying these up. stickers yeah. if I can't use them and see them everywhere? It's in, why am I buying these stickers when the new update erases all of them from my history and yeah. I can't restore them? Uh, it's honestly, it's kind of like one of those things. It's a work in progress, and you you yeah. can tell that they they have some ideas. other ideas and plans in place as well. Because even when you look at the settings, it, there's a toggle switch for the for the uh, connected apps. Yeah, yeah, that's the. The wording that they use there. So I, mean, I want I want Docs to go. I want BlackBerry Express. I want a browser, and I'd be happy. That's mm. it. That, that's fully contained for me. Like I can do almost everything I need to do mentally that I can think of. Like right from there. I mean, video editing. They could do Story Maker, but like why? You know? Just yeah. Why? Yeah. No, you don't want to end up bulking it up to the point where it's like, okay, this is a little unnecessary. And and it's funny because one of the things that actually prevents me from wanting to send out emails from Blend is I have like a nice email signature. signature through Gmail and it's such a stupid thing but like it has all my company information and I can't even create an email signature in Blend so I don't even want to type up emails in it. It's such a stupid little thing but it's really important for a business owner to, you know, I don't know. It seems such a little overlook that's so major but I don't know. Definitely missing some things. Yeah. I wish we could see a breakdown of like how many of the users using Blend are using it in the enterprise as opposed to mm -hmm. using it at home. I think it'd be a pretty interesting mix of numbers there. Yeah. But regardless, you can go check out those statistics at crackberry.com. Really cool to see that Blend is getting the kind of traction that it does and that users are using it pretty frequently. I know I try to turn it on and as much as I can to get use out of it because it is an awesome free service that comes with our devices, right? We've we got to use it. So yeah. let's talk about Duff. Our guy Duff, man. I thought this was really cool, what BlackBerry did. I like the kind of way they wrapped it all together. This was a video that basically right at the end is tagged Work Creative, and I thought that was such a cool little series that maybe BlackBerry can do in the future. What did you guys think of uh, the video that Duff did with BlackBerry? Showing off, what was it, a P9983? Like, what a, what yeah, a yeah, what a yeah that was <laughs> yeah, an older thing. Um, I found it funny, like, right at the end. I think he said the F word or something, but they bleeped it out. Yeah, like, yeah. This is, like, raw. Yeah. He's like, be who the, you are. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's awesome. It was yeah. awesome. I really liked it a lot. Right oh, wow. End. It's sitting at 500,000 views. Yeah. I didn't think that it... Like, that's a lot for, like, a BlackBerry YouTube video. Mm -hmm. It's basically... Wow. I mean, when you look at it, the reason why I loved it so much was because, number one, it, it's coming... Realistically, it's coming from a person who you wouldn't expect, right? Like yeah. Duff, who's like been rocking out with Guns N' Roses and Velvet Revolver for years, and I, I didn't know that he was doing all of, all of the other things that he did. I mean, I knew yeah, that wrote he wrote books on his BlackBerry and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like I had no True. idea that he did True. all of that mm -hmm. stuff, and that he was essentially. You know, uh, he runs a wealth management firm, which is aimed at musicians. So, I mean, you know, all those horror stories that you hear about musicians, you know, becoming rich and then not knowing how to handle their money, and you know, yeah. 
even even in you know basketball players, NBA players, and football players, they all you know they they get out of get out of school, and next thing you know, they're drafted into the NBA or the NFL, and they have millions upon millions of dollars, and they just piss it away. Um, but yeah, I had no idea that he did any of that stuff, and you know, given who it is, it's tough. He, he was he's pretty straight with what he what he was yeah. saying there. <laughs> I mean that's I, that's that's the best way to put it. He he was just straight and to the point about you know. Here's a highlight. Those other here's, guys. <laughs> here's a highlight that Chris pulled out for the Cragberry article. I stand up for my gadget and I'm constantly amazed by iPhone snobbery. But really, this speaks to how we deal with loyalty, and I'm a loyal mother, <laughs> which is just awesome. He says you know the blackberry is a rare species and it's a spot in the wild these days, but it's out there. We blackberry users know who each other are. And I sense a whiff of dignified air when we cross paths, and it's like, yes, yeah. you get it. It's an elite. It's an elite group, especially the the Porsche design BlackBerry users. So it's cool that he he has one and puts it to use. Right? There's having yeah. one and you know doing general stuff with it, but he he slams out on that keyboard and really gets it done. So like Chris said, it it's just awesome to see it come from him of all of all people. You know? Yeah, I mean uh, that those highlights that you picked out there are pretty much something that I'm I'm. 99% sure that we can all relate to in the, in terms of that and you know to have it coming from Duff that's a that's a that's pretty interesting it's like it's like it, it takes the, black, the like the blackberry user mentality with like the suit and tie and totally like throws it in the mud and walks over it and i yeah. love that because blackberry really needs to start doing that the kind of users that they have today are diverse and they're not always so tight knit and you know i have a holster on my side like that's not who blackberry is today in terms of their cultural user base so yeah. this gets out there that it's diverse it's it's intrinsic and and people love their blackberry still you know period point blank so it's it's cool to see. Just, just a credit. I mean, yeah, Duff is a celebrity and stuff like that. And I, realistically, I'm not very big on celebrity endorsements because, like I said in my article, you, you never know if they're being paid for it or, you know, yeah. like like we've seen in the past with Alicia Keys and stuff like that. Like as soon as you say that somebody's using a BlackBerry, then there's going to be people that are out there on the internet trying to trying to discredit what they're yeah. saying. You know. Oh well, I saw him tweeting from an iPhone, you know, whatever. So, but realistically, this this whole work creative thing ha has been going on for a while. It just sort of kind of happens that Duff was was, you know, he's he's a legend in in the rock world and he's a celebrity. But uh, I don't want to don't want it to overshadow because if you if you actually go to to the page, there's um, Four more essentially work creative stories. They just they just weren't done to the capacity of which they did Duff because there's like there's another story. The BlackBerry Classic is music to this DJ's ears. Check out why. Uh, the financial television guru. There's there's four other separate stories. Um, there's even like uh, what's his name there? I'm gonna probably murder his last name, but uh, Michael Weckerly, who was uh, he does. He, he did. I can't even remember the name of the show now. I'm at a loss. Too hungover. My bad. <laughs> but anyway, Saturday got the best of me. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, he's a big tech mogul, and basically, he's he's the one who has been buying up all of the all the BlackBerry properties in Waterloo and stuff like that. And they have a have a really nice story on him too. But again, it didn't. 
those those stories didn't gain the exposure that the Duff story did just simply because, you know, they're everyday normal people, except for Weckerly. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a little special. Dragon's Den, that's it. He was on yeah, Dragon's Den. Oh, yeah. The Shark Tank of America, of Canada, rather. Yeah. Yeah, that suit is so fire that he's wearing. Right. <laughs> it's, oh, like he, it's like he robbed Don Cherry and improved upon it. <laughs> exactly. It's, the more creative stuff is cool, right? I want to see more of that. So BlackBerry, put your people on it, make it happen. Yeah, and I mean, that goes back to what I was saying about celebrity, non-celebrity. Like, it doesn't even have to be celebrities. Like, you could push, push that content out in the exact same manner with everyday normal people and people are still going to appreciate it. Like like I said, you know, Duff is a celebrity, a rock legend, and stuff like that. People know him, but, you know, you could do the exact same thing on on pretty much the exact same level with, with normal people as well. Just need to push that out there. And goes goes back to, uh, I believe it was Brandon's or Dolan's article, Blackberries are for everybody, man. They are. They, they really are. They really, really are. And speaking of Blackberries being for everybody, it looks like T-Mobile really wants you to pick up a Blackberry Classic. It seems like they dropped the price to, what is it, $369.99? Yeah. What was yeah. the total discount? Is that like 50 bucks from where it was? Yeah, like well, it's like $69.93 or something like that because it was, if you were to purchase it outright from T-Mobile previously, they had it listed at $439.92, which honestly was probably a little bit too high anyways, especially when you consider that you could buy it from Shop Blackberry for cheaper. Like, who who in their right mind would buy it from, from T-Mobile yeah. when Shop Blackberry had it for cheaper? The only reason that I could see anybody even buying it from T-Mobile would be the Wi-Fi calling, and the Wi-Fi calling is still not really implemented because, well, it's debatable. John, John Chen will tell you to download BBM. It works on iPhone and Android. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's debatable in terms of the Wi-Fi calling, though, because some people, you know, T-Mobile will tell you that it's BlackBerry's problem, and BlackBerry will tell you that it's T-Mobile's problem. So, Hey, you know, I just watched a video. Um, John Rettinger, actually, he said he tried a bunch of different carriers, and he said he tried T-Mobile, and from inside... Wi-Fi calling was not working at all, and he was using an iPhone, and he was just saying, "For the, we just had to disable it. Like, it was really sketchy, so I can't imagine it's a BlackBerry problem. I think it's carrier. Yeah, I mean, it's one Everyone's going to point fingers. Yeah, and that's that, that pointing fingers behavior is why BlackBerry and the carriers have such a bit of relationship these days, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because those little things do get kind of aggrandized in the overall scheme when you're so hyper-focused on BlackBerry being successful at t to any capacity, those little things are going to come out, which is, which is unfortunate for BlackBerry. But they do need to work to make sure that you know, the availability of things like BBM Voice is out there and people know about it. Otherwise, you, know, you have no claim to fame. that you, you can do any kind of calling between devices. I mean, that's a basic thing smartphones need to do these days. But it, with, in terms of the T-Mobile and BlackBerry Classic price reduction, it seems almost like they're positioning, right? They're positioning the device to do more successful, which at least to me, says that maybe they are interested in seeing how BlackBerry can do for them, which is good. I mean, you want that relationship to keep going forward. You don't want it to kind of stagnate. Yeah, it makes it makes me wonder how many, like, does does that $69.93 or whatever it was really make a difference to people? I don't know. You know, yeah. 
how many people are going to go out and buy a T-Mobile BlackBerry Classic just because of that seventy dollars savings? It's arguable. I mean, fifty me. fifty dollars fifty dollars might be enough to sway me as well, but you know. He's just going to get one to have it, Chris. Just, ah, oh, this is the T-Mobile version. Yeah. I, I don't think it's branded, actually. I think it's just... No, I think, I think they're all, all uh, yeah, just on-branded, and they don't necessarily have the T-Mobile have the logo on the back because all the branding is pretty much done via the SIM card anyways. As soon as you put your SIM card in, it adopts the T-Mobile boot screen and the T-Mobile ringtones and... And the logo starts forming on the back of the phone. <laughs> Alex is Alex is looking up at like the top of his Z30, like no. The AT and T one is branded though, I believe. Yeah. Yep, it is. AT and T just loves to stick their logo on anything. So though. does Verizon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Verizon puts it like right in your face, which is like awful. Dude, it put they put it on the front and the back, like yeah. everywhere. It's like come on. That's why. That's why when I got my uh, my replacement. Uh, AT&T passport. I was happy. Like it didn't. It didn't have any branding on it. I was like, yes, this is awesome. No branding, no nothing. So I'm wondering what kind of branding we're gonna see on this silver edition passport. BlackBerry's actually uploaded the root directory to their media gallery, and they've actually named it. So it's out. It's the silver edition passport. But that's basically all we know at this point, right? There's there's not a lot more else about it that can be confirmed 100%. Would you? Are you guys interested in this device? I, Chris and I were laughing the other day. Like this device, the passport came out almost a year ago, like very close to a year ago. So it's like, is it is it a rehash? Is it necessary? We've got limited editions of like the passport already. We've got like, two. Yeah. So is it is it necessary? Is it going to do well? And if you were to bring this device to market. Where would you want to put it? Like, where would you want to position it to make it make money for you or do whatever you want it to do? Yeah, I mean, I, at this point, I don't even know. Yeah. Like, realistically, I don't know why this device exists. I mean, obviously, there's reason, and BlackBerry has some some effort behind it, but I, I don't It's just a passport. It's a passport in a brand-new shell, and, you know, some people are going to buy it, and then some people are just essentially going to take the same approach. It's just another passport. I would understand if you did something different about it. Be it something, anything, you know, aside from the it's design. It's running Android. No, no, no. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not gonna, if they did, Alex, it won't be on Verizon, so you won't be able to get it anyway. So. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I'll, I'm waiting for the slider anyway. So, we're good. Do you guys, do you guys remember the AGM where... Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just like a last quarterly call where they mentioned they were going to do like an online promotion with T-Mobile for the Passport. Yeah. You know, way too early to say whether this could be that or whether just the Piano Black Passport will become available at some point. But it is interesting. You know, maybe this is a device like Kingley's position for the emerging markets like we've heard. But it also may be like an online only, you know, here's a T-Mobile kind of hat tip. And it's cool, right? It makes T-Mobile feel special if it is the case because we know their CEO likes to, to feel nice with his little BlackBerry uh, Batman classic, right? <laughs> Magenta. Who, who, who knows whether it will really be? I really think that Dallas should be something if it, if it comes to market. Be something just all emerging and compete with your competition over there where, where it's got a better propensity to do better. But Alex, what about you, man? Is this something you'd get if it, like let's say it does 
it's not. But let's say it does like end up on Verizon. <laughs> would, would you do an upgrade to that knowing the slider is coming? Like honestly. No, I mean real well honestly every well, every phone. Do you, have a, do you have a free upgrade too? Like you gotta. You gotta but that's the thing. I, I've me and my entire family. We've already made the decision that we're not. We're no longer going to be using upgrades because realistically, you end up spending a little bit more over the course of two years on the upgrade, and you're tied to the carrier. So like, I'd rather buy a phone outright. So I'm planning my next phone. I'm planning and spending between six and eight hundred dollars. Hopefully, closer to six hundred dollars. Um, for whatever the slider ends up being. So the real question is, would I spend $600 on this silver passport and then two months later get the slider for another 600 Do I want to throw $1,200 around at BlackBerry devices in the next three months? No. I'm just going to save that money for the slider. So, don't, so don't sound broke, dude. Come on. <laughs> you know. I'm saying, if money wasn't an option, would you go for it? Is it appealing enough to you to want to even look at it, let alone buy it? No, you know, I had a passport and for long enough, and I was playing around with it, and I did like it a lot. But it's it just seems so close to the slider. Like there there are these videos that people are saying, you know, next five, their top five phones coming out soon, and everyone is actually talking about this BlackBerry, Android, whatever device possibly come out, people are getting excited about it. People who normally talk crap about BlackBerry. So there's this whole excitement going on with this. Am I really going to want to jump to this passport, something that we've already known? It's just silver now. Even if it's a little bit better specs, but it probably isn't. So it just doesn't make sense to me at all. I'm with Chris. Like I don't even know why they're really doing this. I think... I don't know. I think when I look... When I look at the silver edition, I mean, they're at least from everything that we've seen, anyways, thus far, there's a little touch of luxury there that isn't necessarily on the regular passport or the red passport or even the AT&T passport. It, it, when you look at it, it, it does seem as though that it's a nicer device in terms of quality when you actually look at it, but I don't know I don't know if that's enough of of a change to actually appeal to the masses. Like like I said, in nobody t- nobody t- wants to spend money when they don't have to spend money, you know? Or, yeah, or they I mean, can get was... a regular passport for cheaper, you know? Maybe yeah, exactly. Like still... is that touch of luxury worth a brand new purchase? I don't know. No, every I don't... every image I've seen of yeah, go ahead, Alex. I'm sorry. Well, no, no, yeah. I was just, like, if they're going the luxury route, then why not go a Porsche design BlackBerry? Like, obviously, yeah, Thank look you. at the work creative with, with Duff. Like, he might be someone that would buy the Porsche design passport. But the silver one, I don't think he's going to leave his, his Porsche, or his, well, his Porsche design, um, Jeez, something in my mind. From a, from a numbers perspective, two thousand dollars, six hundred dollars. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. he, you know, I, I just it doesn't make sense even from a luxury every, standpoint. Every single photo that I've seen of probably the pre-production silver edition passport just looks just bad. Like I don't know. I I get the overall metal aesthetic looks nice and the silver looks great or and whatnot. I like my red one. I really do, Chris. Chris, yeah. I know, I know, I know. We love our red ones, right? But yeah. uh, it, it seems like almost a combination of the AT&T passport and a regular passport, where the tops are squared, the bottoms are round. It's all metal. But if you look at like like right here on the screen on either side, where the keyboard and the screen kind of meet, 
it, you see kind of like the lines in the meadow where everything is not flush, where it is kind of like just put together. And maybe the build quality is nice, but some of the materials may not be so nice. I'm kind of upset that BlackBerry still uses plastics in the devices, yeah. right? I wish it was like an all-metal thing. So maybe this is a, a step in the design direction that they're going to be headed. Maybe this is what Ron Lukes is bringing to the board in terms of the device design. And if so, maybe it's going to be cool to see on other devices like the Passport 2. But right now, it just seems weird, right? It seems like you're still trying to milk the Passport as a reference platform beyond its its viability. But but that's me. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, the thing is, is that the, there's still going to be people out there who will end up buying this one. And, you know, even, I can tell even from the posts that, at least all the posts that we've done thus far, a lot of people really don't understand why it exists, but there's also the same same number of people out there who would gladly hand over another $600 to be able to go ahead and buy this version. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, there, there really is a nice balance between the people who don't understand it and the people who will hand over some, some more cash to have a different version. So, I don't know. I, I hope it works out well for them in terms of, of the sales, but, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I guess there are, like, bringing up the point that the Passport came out a year ago, I guess there might be some people with a Passport who are happy with it, but they're like, you know, I, I everyone's talking about this slider. I don't really want the slider because they love this form factor of the Passport, so what do I get to upgrade to? I want to spend money. Then I guess, yeah, the silver is, like, a little upgrade. I I at least hope that the specs are a little bit better in some way, or I don't even know. Yeah. And if they're not, then it's kind of like, well, why should someone who has a Passport upgrade to it? Because the Porsche design is going to have the like the internal storage upgrade. Yeah. So if they were to do that now, it would make the Passport Porsche design, if they come out with one in the future, just look odd and misplaced, even more misplaced than this device. I really hope they've got like an, a strategy for it because if they just put it out in in a couple markets and there's no like message behind it, I feel like it's going to get lost to a lot of the users who may potentially want to pick it up. But it's Silver Edition Passport. We've got the red limited edition. We've got the gold limited edition, which isn't really gold, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had the white and black passports as well. So it, it, maybe it's like, you know, the, the, the whole family is now together. We can move on from the passport and start yeah, enjoying ourselves. You know? I just, it, I just want them to announce it because basically once that device gets announced, that means that they progress in their device lineup. So, you know, there's nothing, there's no other device to essentially focus on at that point in time once they get this one out and deliver it to people. You know, what are you going to focus on after that? Of course, the slider. This, the, and silver, the silver and gold version. Yeah. <laughs> that will come afterwards. Hopefully, hopefully this, this, this is the signal that you know they they moved on. They're done with the passport platform. We're not going to see too much about it in terms of any new iterations or anything like that. And now their 110 percent focus is put on delivering the slider, whatever whatever form it may end up as. <laughs> Yeah, you know, these are probably decisions they made a while back, too, before, you know, now we start hearing Chen saying that we might have one or two devices a year, and if that's the case, they won't be like, okay, we're giving you two devices this year, a passport and a silver edition passport. Yeah. They're not going to use something like that. So this is probably still, um, you know, this may have been put into fruition, like, when they first built the passport. They're like, let's do a passport, then let's do this red version variant, and then we'll do a silver edition. And like that, they probably had these plans and they're slowly rolling out. So maybe, hopefully, this is the last time we 
we can expect something like this going on because I, I felt like the same thing happened with Elite. Everyone was like, well, why are they doing this kind of? So yeah. I just want all of us to stop saying, well, why are they doing this? And the only way that'll happen is if BlackBerry stops doing stuff like that. <laughs> an old high-end device. That's the only way I'm going to stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's ironic, I think, more than anything, because we've heard talks of 10.3.3. And, and, and it's just weird because the Passport initially launched with 10.3, before 10.3.1 and the Classic came out. So... In terms of the software development cycle, it really has slowed down to think a year later we're only a point three above where the device launched, you know? Yeah. yeah. So maybe there is a big transition ahead, and as Chris said, as this device kind of moves past us in the overall flow of things, we're really going to be able to focus on that next device to come and what it's going to be able to bring to the table for BlackBerry users. We keep hearing about the BlackBerry Experience Suite seeing some things, but really we haven't seen anything substantial like worth posting at this point. But yeah. it seems like is definitely cooking on some stuff, so good on them keeping the pace going forward. And it's, it gives us things to talk about, right? I'm interested to yeah, see a real hands-on, like I want to see Crackberry in the future go on with the device and like put some nice photos out there and see like is it worth your time or not because I get curious and bored like any other, you know, tech junkie out there. So maybe yeah. maybe I do a like, hey, give me your silver, I'll give you my red, we'll do a little swap season and see how it goes, you know? Yeah, and that's 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 the other thing. I can sit here and say, Yeah, I'm not gonna go out and buy it, but realistically, come on, I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna have one. <laughs> you know. Like, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, at least it's something to talk about. And if BlackBerry does start slowing down on hardware, you know, devices, then let's enjoy this moment while it lasts. Even if like we don't totally understand it, you know, let's enjoy it. We're at least getting devices. So yeah. cheers to a year of passport. <laughs> <laughs> what was the actual launch date? I believe it was uh, September twenty fourth. Uh, yeah, twenty fourth. So somewhere around there. So if it comes out any time in August, it'll be within a month to a full year. So it's almost like by the time it fully rolls out, if it rolls out, it'll be a year, give or take. So yeah. it, interesting, because then it puts the timing of this slider device kind of at odds, maybe like a little bit yeah, later into the holiday later. season. Yeah. Watch, they're going to put both out at the same time. That would just make even less sense. <laughs> that would make even less sense than designing the silver in the first place. So... Uh. It's interesting because we've we've hit a real milestone over this last week, and that milestone is for a part of BlackBerry that you know a lot of people look at as a a viable money builder for BlackBerry less and less each day, and that's BBM, right? BBM turned ten years old on August first, which was yesterday. That's crazy. Ten years of BlackBerry Messenger, and it kind of shows what the decade is held for us, right? The transition from a, a world where emails on your hip was already a fantasy to move over to instant communications literally is at your hip and in your hands. It, I, I find it cool that BBM's presence, the fact that it has D's and the R's and the, the blinking red light and whatnot, like all of that kind of builds that real-time BlackBerry experience. And yet, even to this day, competitors are ripping it off and, and trying to make their own versions thereof, right? So it shows like how market-leading they really were with BBM. What do you guys think, like, looking back 10 years, how does it make you feel about BlackBerry Messenger? Do you think it has a future into the next 10 years? Oh, yeah, it definitely has a future into the next 10 years. It's just right now I don't think that that future is, you know, properly laid out. In all honesty, it kind of seems like they're all over the place when it comes to BBM, and 
as we know, like John Chen basically said that BBM at this point in time isn't a money maker. Like they're still trying to figure out exactly how to make money off of BBM. Uh, so I guess I guess I guess all those sticker sales and stuff aren't amounting to much. It, it, you know, if the CEO is putting that sort of information out there, but um, you know, it's one of those things. I, I'd like to see them actually put more more of a focused effort into BBM because, again, like it, it doesn't seem as though that there's any re, any sort of real direction at this point in time in terms of the the stuff that actually rolls out to BBM, like. Uh, we got BBM money happening in emerging markets. We got stickers. We got apps being highlighted. Uh, if you look towards Android, there's BBM connected games, um, which I don't even know where to begin with BBM connected games because it's such a such a frustrating thing. Because when you when you take a look at, at the at the grand scheme of things, there when it comes to BBM game BBM connected games. We had BBM connected games on BlackBerry 10, and arguably yeah. we still do in some some capacity. But it's not like BBM connected games as it is on Android. So why did the BB10 platform lose that accessibility while the Android platform gained that accessibility? I, I don't understand that. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. Like BBM connected apps in general, like like Flow, CrackBerry, are both. BB10 connected apps that show up in a user's applications if the user so chooses so they could send invites and do other... We have that that ability all on BB10, but like you said, it was totally neglected to a platform that arguably has just more users, period, yeah. point blank, who are going to be gaming. So, it, it, like you said, it's just unfocused, right? The, the way forward is a little bit scatterbrained. Alex mentioned this on a previous upstream where it was like kind of throwing things at the wall, see what works, see what sticks. I did a, I did a post on... BlackBerry, 10 years of BlackBerry Messenger, and I highlight some of the cool points, I think, over the last couple of years. For instance, do you guys remember at BlackBerry Live 2013 where yes. Heinz rolled a Bentley on the stage yeah. and, took, and took a video call from the dashboard to a BBM device? And forward-looking, right? We're not there in a market where video calling in cars is prevalent, let alone accessible. But as a foundational platform, BlackBerry saying, hey, we can do this. And looking at their entrenchment and vehicles and some of the other venues, it just makes sense. Like Glimpse Integration is another good example where BlackBerry taking some of their automotive prowess and bringing it into BBM, where QNX had a partnership and agreement with the Glimpse kind of location sharing before it was integrated into BBM as a whole. I think the BBM platform has a lot of ways to make money for BlackBerry. It's just not in a consumer way, right? It's in medical, connecting people and communications. It's in vehicles and, and things like that, just other verticals, things like BBM meetings, you know, that infrastructure is great. They bought into it real cheap, but they're not leveraging it in the way they could. Ad hoc bringing meetings in there, it just makes sense. So as BBM's kind of gone across the decade here, it's changed so much, especially with like the latest Android update, the material design. It looks good. And it's yeah. envious for even BlackBerry users, right? Just so much has gone down. We even have iPad with BBM meeting support and its own brand new UI. Alex, what do you think about BBM? Ten years. Um, How long have you been using it, man? I mean, since Legacy, since my 9650, I think that was... I want to say that was... <laughs> yeah, the tour. I think it was called the... No, no, no. Yeah, I, you know, I had the tour. 
I don't know if the 9650 was called the Bold or if it was the Tour 2, whatever. I had the Tour at whatever time, and I was... So so halfway halfway into BBM's game, you came on, and you've been yeah. there ever since. What about yeah, you, Chris? So, yeah. uh, I've been on board with BBM since the BlackBerry Pearl, which was my... 2002, 2004? Yeah, the BlackBerry Pearl was my very first BlackBerry device because it really, it really spoke to me in terms of... Uh, uh, a radical change, I guess you could say, in what BlackBerry had produced previously. So that, as soon as I got the BlackBerry Pearl, I was instantly hooked on BBM and everything else that came with it as well. And, and thus the CrackBerry ensues, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of funny because when I look back, the BlackBerry Pearl was essentially like the very first sort of shot at consumers that BlackBerry took. I mean, and I was instantly hooked. I moved I, even after I bought my BlackBerry Pearl. They released the BlackBerry Curve 8300, and I was like, "Oh my God, I have to have that device." <laughs> so Chris has been addicted for the last eight years. He's yeah. not working on it. He, he's actually not looking for remission. He's, he's <laughs> very much in down. Alex, what about you, man? BBM, ten years. What what have been some of your highlights, man? Like, what are some of your favorite things that have happened to BBM? I you know a lot of the things that that excited you know when I think of a, a BBM update when it came in like what are some of the very exciting things I think when they were experimenting with the the privacy um, things and like time messages that was exciting for me in the sense that they're really making some major changes to it and then you know the glimpse integration like that like I remember when they first put glimpse in there I was flipping out about it everyone I showed that was the coolest thing ever. And like thinking now, Glimpse, for instance, I was just driving the other day to my brother's house, and I, I was like, oh, it would be use, useful to use Glimpse here so he would know when I'm here to let me in. And then that's when it ensued. Like I'm driving, and I want to send him a Glimpse, but I'm driving, so I kind of don't because it's a pain. And then it's like, well, you know, why can't my phone know that I'm going a certain speed and be like, recommend me to send a Glimpse? Because the alternative route is I have to wait for a stoplight and then I have to open up BBM. I never have BBM open because I always just use it directly from the hub, but you can't send a glimpse from the hub. So I have to navigate, open up BBM, then I have to find my brother, and then I have to clip him, and then I have to go over and send him a glimpse through that. And it's like this whole process to send a glimpse, and it's like there are some things I wish they, they, they knew. You know, They talk about car integration and everything like that. It's like focus it a little bit more and, and realize how people are using it and then from there improve it. Um, I don't know, Alex. Like, I've, yeah. I've gotten in trouble doing that. So Christmas Day, <laughs> I'm trying to ride back to my parents' place for, for, for Christmas breakfast or whatever. <laughs> I, send, I send my dad a glimpse like, hey, I am actually on the way. Like, I'm not, I'm not ditching. I promise I'll be there. Don't open presents without me. Yeah, I'm speeding through. And dad's like, hey, you should slow down. So just be careful. If it does that automatically, like imagine like it sends out a glimpse to like your loved ones like, hey. Well, not automatically, but a quick recommendation. Like even on the lock screen, like what if you were driving and then boom right there. Like when you're connected to your car through Bluetooth, then this screen changes and oh, it yeah. tells you some information. So if there's a little glimpse button, you can click it and then it's like select BBM contact to send glimpse to. A two-step process changing it from like a seven-step process currently. So Yeah, I can agree with that. It seems like there's, uh, you know, it, when it comes to the automotive stuff, it seems like there's not really too much, I guess you could say, crosstalk between the two. Like how can, yeah. okay, you guys, QNX is working with automotive, but how can we make BlackBerry 
a part of that conversation? How can we implement it so that these things are actually functional to the BlackBerry users that are out there yet? You can see that. There needs to be, it seems like there needs to be a little bit more communication between the departments. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know how deep that goes. Like, how, how deep does, you know, QNX have in their involvement with the auto manufacturers at this point to be able to go ahead and make those sort of suggestions? Like, do, do those relationships even exist? Um, I'm sure they do at, at a certain level, but how far can you extend that? Because I, I think it'll become a mounting thing, right? It seems like BlackBerry Blend is one of those things like Apple CarPlay, like Android Auto, that it's like one of those things that, you know, they're going to have to have some influence. We know BlackBerry right now isn't like designing any custom automotive. Yeah, exactly. You know, no GUI or, or anything like that, so... Like you said, it's it's tough for them to kind of decide where they're going to play with these OEMs. Do we just give them the reference platform they want, or proceed forward with it? You know. Yeah, and that and that's that's part of what they they've basically been doing at this point up until now, right? Like I know a lot of BlackBerry readers and CrackBerry readers and stuff like that. They all want to know about QNX and the car integration, but you know there. In the grand scheme of it all, there's not really a lot of communication happening there because QNX just builds this platform. They give the platform to the manufacturers, and then the manufacturers do with it whatever they want after that. Like UConnect itself is basically built on top of QNX. You know, QNX doesn't necessarily have any involvement in that process. That's just what it is being powered by. Like. You know, the average user doesn't know and really doesn't even care what's underneath and helping out with that process. All they know is that they they have, you know, this Uconnect system on the top or um, Microsoft, uh, what the hell is it called? <laughs> Sync. Sync 3. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they have that on on the top. You know, they don't, they don't know what's running underneath and really that's, you know, kind of the way I, that it should be. I would love a blend auto. It just seems like one of those things that, like, low-hanging fruit. It's like, duh, right? Get your name yeah. out there. You can't put Powered by BlackBerry under the 60 million vehicles you have on the road, but you could offer a user interface for your BlackBerry users. Who yeah, are, it seems... Like, it, it would get used by you and me and no one else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it, it seems as though that, that um, to me anyways, I, and I don't know how beneficial it would be to to BlackBerry or anything like that in, in the long term. But it seems to me like rather than just offering these manufacturers their platform to, to run on, there should be a GUI that is involved there that is entirely optional as well, almost like CarPlay and almost like... Um, they have something like that with the... They have something similar with the connected automotive reference platform, the car platform. Yeah. That they, but it's like the playbook UI, you know? Like, it's nothing yeah. specifically geared. Like, I love the custom experiences that Android Auto and CarPlay bring because they're, they're a UI that just makes sense for, for auto. And, you know, yeah. BlackBerry really hasn't built one that's like, okay, we built it with this in mind. So it's it's a tough place for them, I know. And I, I, I say this in my, my little write-up on 10 years of BlackBerry or 10 years of, excuse me, BlackBerry Messenger. But I say, like BlackBerry, BBM lives in layers and over the years has moved to an interesting split-focus model where consumers <clears throat> are addressed and enterprises pursued. And that's kind of like where we're at right now, right? Where 
they're addressing some of the consumer needs. They'll do things like the Amazon deal and these kind of one-offs for the consumer, but the, really who they're pursuing is that enterprise customer. Yeah. So where does that where does enterprise and a, an automotive user like where do you find that middle ground? It's really hard to draw that for them as a focus point right now. It's tough when security is kind of your your bread and butter. The other thing, slightly off topic at this point, but you know it's all combined as well. Um, if I was to go through like any of the forms or anything like that there and look for stuff that was BlackBerry and car related or vehicle related you would you would simply find that a lot of people they don't have support for BlackBerry on on their car what what I was leading towards in terms of like BlackBerry building a GUI for for the automotive how how awesome would it be if for example you hopped in your car and you plugged in your phone and all of a sudden a a blackberry blend like experience popped up on your dashboard display on your display right i'm not saying you know take blackberry blend as it is today and port it over to the car or anything like that i'm just saying you know if somebody sat down and spent the time to be able to 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 format blend for the automotive experience how awesome would that be you know rather Everybody has these options with CarPlay and Android Auto, but when it comes to BlackBerry, there is no option, right? Like, you don't get anything when you plug your device in, in, in into any of those head units or anything right now. There are some, sometimes there's, there's integration, you know, with the Bluetooth and, and all that stuff, but how awesome would it be if you actually got somewhat of a BlackBerry experience when you plug your BlackBerry phone into your car? You know, you have access to your BBMs or, you know, you have access to BlackBerry Maps or your email. Like, why why, why is there no option for that as of yet? That, that to me, almost sounds like something that BlackBerry has sort of left on the table. Because, you know, we, we, we hear it each and every single day. This app now works with Android Auto or this manufacturer has integrated... Um, Apple CarPlay into the head units, and generally the argument is, of course, yeah, but who cares because it's all powered by QNX, but you know that which is essentially a BlackBerry product. But what if what if those headlines were changed? What if it was like, you know, you have uh, just off the top of my head, you know, BlackBerry Auto has been implemented into this service, or BlackBerry Auto has been picked up by this manufacturer, so. It, it would present present itself as choices. So you can either have Android Auto, you could have CarPlay, or you could have BlackBerry Auto, or you could have all three, depending on which device it is that you plug in there. Like that seems to me like something that BlackBerry has left on the table. Like I would love to be able to go ahead and you know have have plug my phone in and have a blend like experience on, on my on my head unit. That would be absolutely amazing to me. So much low-hanging fruit for BlackBerry. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that always frustrates us, right? We talked about BBM. We didn't even talk about channels. And and I hate that we're getting to a point with these podcasts that, like, we're, we're almost afraid to say BlackBerry 10, you know? It's more <laughs> like BlackBerry at this point. It's all BlackBerry. But I, I hope there is a future for BlackBerry 10 that exists in a way that they can make some money off of it, right? Yeah. I, I, I think maybe, and I, I said this years ago at this point, I said this so long ago that BlackBerry 10 may not be so much a consumer success, but it can be a success in other ways, right? They can leverage it into other verticals where 
You know it's it's a BB10 UI and basic user experience, but it allows you to do a specific task, like a very niche task. Maybe that's where they're going to find success with it. Maybe not so much in a consumer way where they may be embracing some other alternatives for their handsets. Yeah, but, I mean, even my example would be a, a good good case scenario for BlackBerry 10. Like, you know, how awesome would it be to say that they have just random numbers? How awesome would it be to say that they have, like, 50 million cars out there running BlackBerry 10? Exactly. You know? It's better than the, the, the 8 or 10 million max that we can count for BlackBerry 10 at this point. So yeah. it, it's all about how you can play those numbers against the market and that so investors can really see the value and Alex doesn't shed his shares every three weeks. <laughs> Alex, are you, are you making money? Are you losing money? I mean, I'm not saying that's a close uh, point, it's, but... No, dude, I, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I'm down about a grand. I'm not going to be... You know, shy about it. Um, and, and I'll say this to interject. Alex has been down a grand for the last, like, two years. <laughs> you know, like, honestly, it essentially there were points where it was up at 17 bucks and I was up $1,000. And, like, right now, it's, it's just bizarre looking at the stock where it goes and it hits, like, $8. And then you add up, like, what they have cash on hand plus all this stuff. And it's like, all right, their stock cannot go below 730. Like, it physically can't because that's saying that they're valued at less than they have cash on hand plus their revenue. And then, boom, the stock just drops down to, like, 725. And it's like, what is going on? And then the next day it shoots up to $8. And now it's down to 775. And it's like, holy crap. Like, we're talking about, you know, 12% increases and decreases. Like, that's so volatile, like, on a daily basis. That it's really BBRY is rough, man. Especially on the Nasdaq, like it's it's quite rough. You're looking at fluctuations between like five and ten percent on a, a given week on a regular basis. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's tough, man. And it, it, at least we 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 saw the dead cat bounce where it kind of leveled off, you know, a couple months back. And at least now it's headed up, right? It's can we keep that going up? The projections look good. It's just this holiday season looks to tank them, you know. We, we hope they can build through that and, and continue to deliver on some of those market expectations. It, it's sad that everyone sets a, a precedence and then BlackBerry hits it in their own way and then the market, like, oh, no, they, 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 they've failed and all that stuff, right? When really, they've been progressing the last two years quite a bit. I, I hope John Chen and his tenure can really bring BlackBerry to a place where they can execute better, right? Go from visionary to leader, right, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> That's no what I know we're getting ready to hop off here, but can we just take a moment and just pay some respects to how ahead BBM music was in terms of, like, the timeline? Dude, dude. Yeah. BBM music came out. What year did that come? BBM music came out four years ago in 2011. Yeah, 2011. And now we're looking at Spotify. We're looking at Apple Music. And it's like it was five bucks. It was half of what they are currently charging people now. Like... Maybe that's why it failed. They weren't charging enough. As with most BlackBerry things, right? <laughs> it's ironic, but the so implementation, ahead. like no doubt about it, the implementation was absolutely terrible in terms of, of how to sell music and all of that. It was just absolutely terrible. Like no one can deny that. But at the same time, you got to give recognition to the fact that yeah, BBM Music was slightly ahead of its time. <laughs> like so if they if they revisited that. And, and revamped it in such a way that would be adopted to like how users purchase music these days, it would probably be way better. But you know, literally all BlackBerry would have to do is like build a store 
and the streaming service and allow one membership to access both. That do what Apple has not. Do what Spotify cannot. Like it just seems crazy to have your catalog and your streaming be two totally segmented things when you have these two giant assets like you could bring them together and just bring users together to use them. But BBM music, yeah. man, there's so much really that that came along the, these years and it's crazy to think that BBM and BBM connected apps as an idea as a platform that kind of comes together, like the Kick Messenger, for instance, is like a totally HTML version of what BlackBerry created with Java literally like half a decade ago, which is just, just crazy to think about. So definitely some kudos out to the BBM team. I Don't don't forget about us consumers, right? It, <laughs> it, it, I find it funny as well, Chris, and maybe you can, you can agree with this a little bit, but I find it funny that we got free stickers instead of a BBM upgrade. Or update. Yeah, like, I was kind of expecting. We got a bug fish fix like a couple weeks ahead. Yeah, but that was like I I wanted maybe like a, you know, here's the new face of BBM after ten years. No. Yeah, like ten years is a long time that you'd expect to be something pretty big. Like all my family, they were happy with the stickers, or whatever. But they don't, I don't even think they knew why they were getting this free stickers. Um, but like ten years is a big deal. They could have done like I don't know something. Especially little especially on, that was valid for one day. Especially on the heels of like, you know, the revamping of uh, BBM on Android yeah. because the material design, like, it almost feels like we should have got like a whole new look for BBM on BlackBerry Ten. But yeah, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll drop our uh, our channel concepts out there and people will just <laughs> just melt. You you guys would literally melt if we put this out. Yeah. I've had these images for like a year now. It's you did, Chris has seen it. I gotta put that out there one of these days. It's hard getting Marco to like be dedicated enough to finish it because he's like, no, must perfect the BBM design. And I was like, I was like, dude, you're not getting paid for this. Calm down. Like, just, just, <laughs> he's like, Doctor like Dre with detox. <laughs> it's not perfect. It's like you're gonna be, you're gonna be all right. Instead, this, now we this, get the Compton album. Right, straight out of Compton. Just straight out of a, a BBM shop, BBM protected, BBM meetings, BBM music, BBM channels. B- Ten years of BBM. That's it's crazy, right? I know, I know. Gary's like smiling somewhere right now. He's, he's probably yeah. watching this and like, yeah, I did invent that. Yeah, yeah. like no doubt about it. In in terms of like when you take a look at the actual history, BBM was there for a lot of things, and they've done a lot with BBM over the years, and you know, especially over like the last. Two or three or four oh, yeah. years, you know, like but mostly took it cross-platform. That was when they went and went really hard in the paint on it. So they they need to go a little bit harder. That's that's all we're saying. Yeah, <laughs> we love it. Just don't stop. Keep moving or don't. Maybe not. Maybe maybe we'll come up with a different slogan and keep moving. <laughs> I can just every time I hear that, I see like consumers walking by the product that on like an AT&T shelf. I'm like, oh no, gonna keep moving. <laughs> Anyway, guys, I always appreciate having you guys on for our weekly kind of discourse. We, we I've said this before; it's almost therapeutic, you know, and just coming and getting all our BlackBerry feelings out of the way. Chris, did you hear Meeks? Did you hear Meeks reply? What that trash? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to listen to it. It was just a lot of like angry, like I want to know, and I'm like, I want to know why this song is so bad. Like, Man. whoa. I tweeted, I was awake when that track came out, and I tweeted out that it was like, I jokingly, like, Meek Mill's soundtrack, Meek Mill's diss track sounds like Funk Flex made it, <laughs> because 
it was nothing but bombs all over it from Flex and the Undertaker music in the background. I'm like, what the hell is this, man? Like, seriously, did you record this on a plane or something? Like, I don't even understand what's going on here. <laughs> My Twitter blew up, and now I have a bunch of hip-hop followers that I obviously don't deserve because I don't tweet about hip-hop that much, but... <laughs> They're going to get into BlackBerry, Chris. You're doing, you're doing, you're doing good work, so I'm it proud was, of you. It was my outreach program. I just suck <laughs> you in with hip-hop, and then I just lay you with BlackBerry. <laughs> Every week, Chris is going to do a cultural outburst and <laughs> try to get more people on the team BlackBerry. But Alex, man, I appreciate having you on as well. You, you're just one of those, those diehards. Yeah. We need to get you writing on Very Full Mo more, even if it's like angry YouTube comments. <laughs> crazy commenters. And we transition into an article. We're going to do something there. Did I pay for Very Full this month? Is the hosting, is the site yeah, going to stay yeah. up? Is it going to stay yeah, up? Yeah, you're good, you're good. <laughs> Please don't shut me down. I promise I'll pay for it. <laughs> anyway, everyone, we appreciate you watching. I hope you have a great night. Take it easy. Take Later. Care. Until next week.